episode 193 of Friends of Film, where we'll give our takes on the latest movie news, like Iron Man appearing in Black Widow and the Jurassic World Battle at Big Rock Short. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, once again, joined by Josh Draley. Cooper, if you could make your own movie, uh-huh. you could direct a if you could direct a piece of IP, what I what would you want to direct? A piece of IP? Yes. Established franchise is like, we need you, kid. What do you got for us? <laughs> if they need me, they're in Pitch trouble. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't really see myself as a director, but mm-hmm. I would want to. I'd probably want to take something that I like a lot, and other people maybe don't, and try to like give it like some new take. So, like, I would probably want to do. I don't know. I'm thinking of like Warrior. Like, I would love to have some sort of new version of warrior or like a continuation of that story. Like what happened next time the gauntlet was thrown down? Like yes. what journey like happens that way? I'd love to see something like that. Um, I don't know. So I, I, I guess I'd say that for now, That's a good but, pick. I'm, but I'm not totally sold on it. What happened after they step out of that? Ring? Well, even if it's not following like the, the those brothers again, cause like, you know, mm-hmm. Tommy that goes to jail, presumably uh, for, you know, leaving his post. And now, you know, the other guy uh, is just super rich and probably doesn't need to be a teacher oh, anymore. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> but like what, like I'm assuming that tournament was probably successful for that world. Mm-hmm. So would that guy, you know, pay up and go for like the same thing, try to get uh, the guy from Russia or Koba, I think is his name, like, get him back and try to see if he can win. Like, yeah. you know, you, there's a whole bunch of things, different underdog, you know, maybe uh, Frank Grillo's champion that he was supposed to have, mm-hmm. like is actually healthy this time. And he gets to fight. Like there's That's a whole right. bunch of different, you know, ways you go. And that way you give more Frank Grillo. Cause he needs to be on the screen more. And yeah, that's yeah, my pitch. Now. Frank, lack of Frank Grillo projects. After like what Wheelman is his last movie he's been uh, like a star of. I mean yeah, I mean he was in uh, Point Blank, which That's is a Netflix movie right. with Anthony Mackie. Uh, he's supposed to be in a remake of The Raid with Joe Carnahan. Um, and I mean he's like he, him and Joe have like their own production house now, and mm-hmm. so they're just making like a whole bunch of smaller rent like action movies, and it's like they seem to be good ones from what I've seen so far. So I guess that's what they're happy with doing. So keep. Doing that, Frank. Good on him. I mean, the thing is, like, I would love to see Frank in an uncut, like, really long take movie. Because mm-hmm. if we're if there was gonna be like an American version of the raid, yeah, who are we gonna have fill that movie? Because Keanu Reeves is the closest thing we really have. Well, I think Frank is the lead. Yeah. See, like, I don't put Frank and Keanu up at the same level. That's no. what you got to get to. But maybe that would make him in the same. Mm. I don't know if he could get to the Keanu sans, you know, like heights. But yeah. I, I would love to see if they're like, oh. Yeah, Frank Grillo is awesome. Cause right. He is, and he just like hasn't like been thrust into the spotlight as much as I hoped. That's true. Because we're waiting for him to actually be let loose and see all of his yeah. stuff instead of being cut around. Yeah, like he would be somebody who maybe I'll talk about later in this episode, in fact. All right. Well, let's get to it then. But before we get to that, I guess I should probably tell you guys, um, with this new format and all things like that, it's going to be really important for you to stay up to date on episodes and our Twitter feed for those new episodes because today is Sunday and mm-hmm. so that's unusual to have a release but it won't be unusual if you follow us on Twitter at friends and film and film there you can see our episode launches our reviews all of the news that we're going to talk about today has already been there and condensed with quick takes and retweets all those th- good things are there so you can find those um, find us on there but if you're looking for 
review episodes or news episodes, you can find those on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, anywhere podcasts can be found. But on Apple Podcasts, please head over there and rate and review us. That'll ultimately help rank us, and then we can add more friends to the show. That's right. Um, and as you mentioned, we're doing this news episode on Sundays now, split up apart from our reviews that we used to do them. That way, Sundays come around, you can catch up on the biggest news from the last week um, in one quick, easy episode here from Friends and Film. Well, let's jump into the news, something that broke right after we finished recording our news episode last week, which came from a report from Deadline, where they had this little nugget in there um, that apparently... Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, will appear in Black Widow. They didn't elaborate any further on how it will happen, but they, you know, they did say, oh, you know, Rob Downey Jr. is back for Black Widow. He'll appear one more time, even though he just died in Avengers Endgame. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the highest gross movie of all time yet. Um, Josh, do we believe that this is true? Uh, do we believe it's true? Do you believe it's uh, true? I believe it's true. Yes. I, I do as well. Because, like, it, it's this... It's the, to be the second film in the aftermath of Tony Stark's death. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. Um, and so, like, where do you... Like, why would you not incorporate him? He exists in this space between movies mm-hmm. before Endgame. Yeah, it's between because, Civil War and Infinity War. And so it's going to tell this, like, backstory. Tony Stark's alive. Mm-hmm. And if you can reasonably insert Robert Denny Jr. into your movie, then you should do it. Like, he is just a big box office draw. Just the name. Mm-hmm. All of those things. The first image for the Jungle Dooley movie was launched Jungle or thrown. Dooley. Uh, Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle. Thank you. Yes. And so, like, you know, like, playing off of Robert Downey Jr.'s image, important. Uh-huh. Yes. It'll be of him, him and Black Widow, more conversation, because their dynamic's been important. And, like, it's just an all-around mm-hmm. no-brainer. You yeah. can do it, throw him in there. But... How big of a role should he have? Yeah, it'll be like two minutes tops. One scene or like two minutes sprinkled throughout the movie a little mm, bit? I think one scene. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. I think that's the only way you can do this and make it work. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could have him just you know, force him into the story some other way, but I just don't think that makes sense with how Rob Downey Jr. talked about it, uh, how... Kevin Feige and Rossius have talked about, okay, well, that was the first 11 years. Iron Man was a big part of that, and now we're moving forward without him. And it's like, huh, JK, uh-huh. he was, his presence was very large in Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. He is semi in there through, like, this flashback warped footage from when he presented Barf for the first time. And Quentin Beck is back there like, oh, he called it Barf, my my prized possession. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll probably use a similar technique to get him in this movie, too, where... I don't think he can be in it a lot because if this movie takes place after Civil War and in between that movie and Infinity War, well, Black Widow's on the run. She's off on her own. She's a fugitive from the law because she turned against the Sokovia Accords and Mm -hmm. turned against Iron Man. Their last conversation in that movie is how he's basically like criticizing her for like, wow, it must be hard to get that double agent blood, you know, out of your system. And she's like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to leave and I'm not the one who needs to watch their backs. You do. And he's just kind of like, uh, excuse me? And then they walk off and leave. So I feel like that interaction mm-hmm. could be a big like part of the Black Widow story potentially where I think they've even kind of indicated as much through the trailer they've been showing at D23 and San Diego Comic-Con where that conversation between Black Widow and Iron Man is literally part of the trailer. Whereas oh. like, it's like leading into... And he, like, this is the thing that sets her off on this own journey, basically, because this is the last time she's with 
Iron Man and the Avengers officially until, you know, Infinity War and Endgame and stuff. So yeah. I feel like they'll probably do something where they're either going to just include that scene that we've already seen before and be like, ha, he's in it. Mm. And that's the explanation. Or something that I think would be cool is if there's like a a longer sequence yeah. where there's some other nugget of information that's included in that conversation that they could then use and pull that into Blackwell. So it's still, it's a familiar scene, but there's something new to it because otherwise I don't think there's any way that Rob Dan Jr. actually like return returns for this movie. I don't think he's filming a new footage for Black Widow. I think he's, unless they did it during Endgame and they're like, hey, when you're doing these reshoots, can you also yeah. record this conversation real quick with ScarJo so we can use it in the Black Widow? And he'd be like, oh, okay, sure, fine. I'm already here. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do this two-take you know, thing with you real quick. But otherwise, I don't think your Marvel Studios is calling up RDJ and saying, hey, buddy, old pal, you want to come back for like two days of work real quick and he's like no i moved on they're like we'll give you 50 million dollars he's like oh, okay yeah. like <laughs> right it just, i feel like it just goes against everything they've done it goes against the the like the uh the great way where his last scene that he filmed in the mcu is him doing the i'm iron man line in reshoots that's the last thing robert Downey jr mm-hmm. ever filmed and then for that whole end game portion to be his last actual filming that he had to do with mcu i think makes his send off in that movie a lot more impactful just as like it gives you an added layer where if all of a sudden he's back a couple months later filming again a couple scenes on black widow it's like eh, kind of takes away from it a little bit yeah exactly the send off is totally muted and diminished and like and entirely and i think you're right though that like it's probably just extended footage it's probably footage already seen before it's oh, it, it's going to be that because then you could just be like that's the kickoff point. That's an opening conversation. That's the there's the there's the prologue, mm-hmm. and then there's this scene, and um, you know Black Widow heading off on her own. You know Natasha like getting like her things in a row and getting out of there. I didn't actually realize that she was on the run. Yeah, at the beginning of Infinity War, that part never really connected. Mm-hmm. The com- at least the conversational tone was just sort of like they're going to be mad at you, but you know, you're a wild card. So that's yeah. the price we pay. That was kind of like the thing I got. I did not really put the two together that like, she was literally out of there as well. Yeah. Cause I think, uh, Tony says something along the lines of like, you know, Ross is coming for you. And then she, that's when she says, I'm not the one who needs to watch their back and mm-hmm. leaves. And so, yeah, I, th- I think that's just a nice way to include him without including him. Probably you can even include that if they, if they're actual theatrical trailers and stuff, they release online or similar to the ones that you use. Uh, at the con so far, then you can still be like, you can open a trailer with Black Widow and Iron Man and be like, hey, yeah, hey, remember them? Remember him? Right. And then be like, and now here's like her next adventure. But it still gives you that. It's an it's an, it's a very easy way to immediately say, here's when this movie takes place because obviously yes. she is dead too. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for Endgame again. Um, <laughs> like she is dead, he is dead. They can't appear in the same movie and be like, eh, it's after Endgame. Like, so no, you establish and you reuse a scene, maybe add on a couple extra lines that weren't in theaters yeah. and establish this movie takes place right after Civil War and here's the adventure we go on from there. So I think that's probably how this will get done. I'll be kind of shocked if it doesn't go that way and it's like, oh yeah, Downey came back to film new scenes. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. Like now we're just in, now we're in that territory where it's well it's, this is on the table for everything now if they're if they're already going back to Iron Man and RDJ this soon then there's no reason to be like well you know what we would love to have this X Men movie which is actually a prequel have him s- somehow meet Charles Xavier in the past and now Robert Downey Jr is back for that role too like 
There's so many like loopholes you can go mm-hmm. through to get him involved and connecting to all these other things down the road where it's, I like it better if you could just be like, end game is the end of his story yes. and we move on. Yep, 100%. And so I think that's where we'll end up. I hope that's the way it goes. I mean, I'm not totally opposed to, you know, one day him being the the artificial intelligence version of him being like the Jarvis to Ironheart basically. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just RDJ's voice, but it's like a computer program. So you don't see him physically. And it's just like RDJ returns to collect millions of dollars for voice work. But I don't, I don't want to see RDJ back physically filming new stuff for an MCU movie this soon. Yeah. Same here. And it's- probably not ever, honestly. I'm right there with you. It under- would undercut the entirety of what they worked for. Mm-hmm. And why would you do that? Yeah. I mean, I know why you would do that, but then, like, let let there be some, you know, finality to the whole thing here. Yeah, I think the only way, because I think Marvel Studios and RDJ are on the same page. Like, listen, we had a great, we had an incredible record-breaking, record-setting 11-year run together, but now is the time for both of us, I think, to move on, go our separate ways. I think the only way that they reverse this plan is if everything goes terrible. Dr. Doolittle's a failure. Sherlock Holmes 3 is a huge flop. Nobody goes see whatever RDJ does next. He has seven new, the judges basically. Um, and then for Marvel, it's like, well, you know, people aren't latching onto the Eternals. Uh, all of our other movies now are not hitting the, this billion dollar gross. We're, you yeah. know, as we're used to, how do we get this back? Well, you know, I don't know. Chris seems to, like he doesn't want to come back. Maybe we get RDJ for some small cameo roles and then shirt off. Boom. Here he is in some form. And then it's like, Hey, now, the MCU returns to you know the the level it's at now, which mm-hmm. I which I mean I want the MCU to stay incredibly popular and successful, but I don't want it to undermine the story in the process. Yeah, I totally agree. So uh, let's move on to an MCU star who now has a new franchise and a recurring role in the Mission Impossible uh, series as Haley Atwell. We talked about a couple weeks ago signed on um, to be part of the Mission Impossible franchise, but at that time we were not sure if she was part of just Mission Impossible Seven or Mission Impossible 7 and 8, since they are filming back-to-back. And thankfully, Haley Atwell took to Instagram to confirm that she is going to be one of the leads of the next two Mission Impossible movies, not just 7, not just 8. She's going to be in both of them, heavily featured in both of them. This is great news. Yeah, it is phenomenal. I mean, first of all, like, just her getting into, like... I mean, number one, it means this. Her role is going to be super meaty. Yes. And... That's what we've been lacking is like roles for Haley Atwell to like just be Haley Atwell mm-hmm. because she's been a character most of the way. And then like her role in Christopher Robin was like really muted and it's just like, okay, this is great. She's more of herself, <laughs> but what else can she be? Yeah. Like, you know, if not like, you know, in a heavily um canonized, you know, television show or films or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. And so, yes, this is perfect. Second of all, like Every character in this new run of Mission Impossible movies is just like cool as hell. Mm-hmm. And so like who is she gonna be? <laughs> like because we for a fact, um uh the director of these movies Christopher McQuarrie. Thank you, Christopher McQuarrie has been creating awesome characters mm-hmm. and throwing them at the wall and just like blowing us away. Uh and so this is gonna be amazing. Yeah, and I just realized as you kind of talk about her past roles, I think this is going to be a rare, maybe even a first. I don't know if that's true or not, but one of the first Haley Atwell movies where she is going to appear in the present day as a regularly aged Haley Atwell. Oh my God. So we're not going to have period piece clothing. It's just going to be Haley Atwell in 2019, 2020, 2021. Uh-huh. It's just going to be her. 
that's being awesome. Because there's there uh, blinded by the light. She's, I mean, that's a period movie. Uh, yeah, is it? I don't 80s? even remember. Yeah, it's in the it's set back in the like eighties, right? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, it's, it's the, it, it is in the past. The Kira Knightley movie she's is Kira Knightley movie. Throwback, the Duchess. Uh, I don't know. She's Cinderella. She plays the mom. That's right. So she, or mom, grandma, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's not in that. The MCU movie. She's obviously back in like World War Two, right? Uh, slash a super old lady when she appears <laughs> in the in the sequel. Um, and then Christopher Robin is you know several decades back as well. So uh, yeah, like that's just like what a super weird coincidence for Haley Atwell, where she's just like always kind of out of the present day. And now it's like, no, she has arrived. And I mean, who knows? Maybe Chris McQuarrie's big thing for 7 8 is including time travel. And we go back to like oh. the early <laughs> stages of IMF. And Haley Atwell's one of like the founders of IMF. And you're like, wait a minute. Oh my God. This seems a little too redundant of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, but either way, like this is like, re- regardless of that, like random tidbit, mm-hmm. it's just great to know that, like you mentioned, we're having Haley Atwell in a prominent role for two movies directed and written by Chris McQuarrie, who is so far created a lot of incredible characters a lot of incredible female characters and hopefully that will continue with Haley atwell's character um i'm still holding out a lot of hope and belief that she is not going to be a love interest for cruz and she'll just be this brand new character uh for ethan hunt to either work with or maybe even work against we don't totally know um but it would be i just can't wait to figure out what else she's a part of because yeah. we've we've dealt with you know the you know mi6 most recently in um uh fallout so mm-hmm. there is that seed where it's okay maybe she's another agent that used to work with rebecca ferguson or right. maybe she works with the white widow and vanessa kirby like there's a whole bunch of these different you know seeds you could go or maybe she's the new uh protege for angela bassett like there are all these different routes that go to there's who knows what Chris McCarty is dreaming up, but uh, yeah, I'm just super excited for Haley Atwell to now officially be part of the next two Mission Impossible movies. And because we're so excited about her joining, we thought it'd be fun to kind of rattle off who else should join her and Cruz and probably Kirby, but also definitely Rebecca Ferguson. So Mm -hmm. Josh, who else should be in Mission Impossible seven and or eight? Great question. Great question. Great question. Well, you have you. Well, you have though who I think is number one on the list. Just because it's Haley Atwell, also just in the movie? because it's Haley Atwell in this movie. But you also believe. Yeah, I threw out uh, back when we did our who should direct Mission Impossible seven mm-hmm. because we didn't know at the time whether or not Christopher McQuarrie was going to return and direct it or not. It's like let's get Joe Nathan Russo directed because they're great uh, directors, obviously, and they can bring Chris Evans on board to be the villain of the movie instead. And the directing part to have, but I would still love to see Chris Evans in this movie, especially with Haley Atwell also being on board. Yeah. Especially if they, instead of working together and being like this destined love, they are now like Mm -hmm. opposites and antagonists or something. That would be so fun. So good. And with just all the knives out stuff that Chris Evans is doing right now and the, the villainy and like the, the, uh, uh, the, the like the venomous nature of his right. uh, personality, like just let Chris McQuarrie channel that, and let him be this great antagonist for Ethan Hunt, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, then I'm gonna go like follow right up with that. Like, I think Michael Shannon, Ooh. like, would be a phenomenal. Okay. Knives character. out two for two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> well, like that, like that movie is so stacked, and it just has so many like these people yeah. that are doing things that you don't often see mm-hmm. them do. Um, and so. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, not to go three for three here, but Anna de Armas as well. Yes. Like, like, just these, like, have these, have had these fall, small, phenomenal moments. But 
have such great talents mm-hmm. all the way through. And then like, like okay, maybe I did go through the like Blood and Eyes <laughs> Outcast, but it's just full of all my favorite people, like Keith Stanfield as yeah. well. Like I don't think we've had like you know like listen like. Mission Impossible is like really white, like uh, extraordinarily yeah. white. I and mean, listen, except for like Ving Rhames. Bing Rhames. He's he's basically it. That's it. And like let's add let's I mean, add some color. I mean, Paula here. Patton is in there. That's um, right. That's right. Who's who's in uh, Mission Impossible uh, Two? Uh, the girl who's also in Westworld. Uh, Why well, can't think of her oh, name? That's right, Danny Newton. Of Danny course. Newton. Yeah, she's in there. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, there but are there are a couple. The, but, but in these uh, in the great ensemble of it all, you know, we get like Alec Baldwin. Okay. <laughs> Angela Bassett was a great choice. To, you know, to rectify uh-huh. things, but we can go further. Let's yeah. push it. Let's push yeah, it. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good point. That's not going to uh, fix with my suggestions. Like I would love. <laughs> I mentioned Frank Grillo. I would love to see Frank Grillo. Frank, he yeah. would just be a great baddie again for this franchise and like him and Cruz being like these 50 plus action guys, just like going for it. Like they, like he would be such a good counterpart for Cruz. I feel like, um, but then if we're sticking with like Haley Atwell types who I'm like, I love these, these females and they don't ever get these like big roles that they should mm-hmm. be getting. Gemma Artington is somebody oh. I love and she is never giving like these big roles after Prince of Persia. Um, and I would love to see her, get back in the spotlight. And I, I've just been recently reminded of her because uh, she's going to be in the King's man. Um, and I keep seeing that trailer now in theaters. Cause like it's gearing up, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, Oh yeah, she needs to be in more things. And I mentioned Adrian Palicki last week. I'd love to see Palicki join the mission Impossible franchise. I don't know if she can based on, you know, the production of that Seth McFarlane show. Um, but if there, if there's a window of opportunity, like I would love to see that happen. Yeah. She deserves better than murder and mystery. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's obviously like you know you go Michael B. Jordan, John Cho. Of course, uh, I go for like the like some of like the biggest like John David Washington. Go straight from Tenet to this. Like that'd be incredible. Um, I'm trying to think. If there's any like if we're trying to make this cast a little bit more diverse. Oh, yeah. Uh, some more like under the radar. Like oh they they deserve this like breakout uh, sort of a role here. Um, you go. Um, Diego Luna would be phenomenal. That'd be cool. I was also thinking about Gail Garcia, uh, Garcia um, Bernal as mm-hmm. well. And then, I mean, I know some Hayek's busy, but she would also be. A I mean, she, bad yeah, too. she'll she'll be busy for the rest of the year, but maybe she could be like probably, part of Mission Possible Eight. Probably busy in perpetuity, I think. Now with I mean, the Marvel contract, <laughs> depending on her. Well, I'm talking about like, just filming Eternals. Of course, will take her through the end of this year probably yeah. so uh after that you know she, she could be freed up um i'm trying to uh yolan noel who's somebody i, I bring up all the time from uh f- the first purge mm. uh which is actually the fourth purge movie um but there's that kind of that connection with frank grillo but they're not even in the same movie but he's just a really great physical action guy and I, he, he'd be a great fit part of um you know either mif or something else and so i mean he's, he's another guy which i'm kind of waiting for him to get this other role to you know move on to bigger things but it just hasn't happened yet so yeah. um yeah i mean those are just our thoughts but if you have thoughts i'm sure you do on who else should join the mission Impossible franchise let us know on twitter at friends of film uh but we'll move on to our third topic here in our main three which is this uh, Jurassic World short film that Colin Trevorrow directed and wrote with Jurassic World 3 uh, writer Emily Carmichael, uh, which is titled uh, Battle at Big Rock. And that dropped last weekend. Josh, we both have had a chance to check this out now. Yes. And I feel like it's pretty easy to say this is better than the last two movies. Maybe the, I mean, the last three mm. in the franchise. That's a good... maybe the best thing since Jurassic Park. 
the best thing since Dread. That's so hard because it's so short. It is. And it's not asking a lot. True. But I feel like it just gets so much right about what I feel like we've been missing mm-hmm. from the Jurassic Park franchise since basically the first movie where it's like also it's, agree. it's these this lovable, instantly likable family of characters who we've never met before maybe that's because it's like andre holland and you know it's it's people we like playing these roles but it's yes. the, from the second they're on screen there is you feel that connection as a family You're like i mm-hmm. like these people i like this weird this little campground community they're a part of and then from there on they're maybe it's because it's an eight minute short and we know it's not part of a a trilogy where it's like these characters are then instantly in danger the second dinosaurs appear and you're like you're actually fearful about their lives where it's like when Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas are running around, it's like, I'm never afraid they're actually going to die Yeah, because no studio would make that call. Right. But like now I'm like, I mean, maybe that dinosaur is going to eat their baby. I don't know. <laughs> it sure looked like it there for was, like there 10 was a, seconds. Yeah, and like, I believed it. There was, there was like genuine fear and dread and there are stakes and there are characters that you like. And it just, to me, it just, I mean, it's like, I don't know if this is indicative of what Jurassic World 3 is going to be. It probably is not, but it at least tells me that Trevorrow has this in him mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe there's the chance. Yeah. You always get the sense that he's just, he's been itching to put something on film Yeah, and he just begged Universal to be like, well, the movie's like, a, you know, it's still two years away. Mm-hmm. So let me do something, please, because he hasn't been behind the camera since uh, Book of Henry. Yeah. And he's had project to project, falling apart. And so him and Amy Carmichael had to like, you know, get out there. And so get out there they did because like, you know, as soon as I see Andre Holland, because I'm still in love with him after um, watching uh, Fly Highing Bird. High Flying Bird. High Flying Bird. Thank you. Did I say Fly Highing uh-huh. Bird? <laughs> wow. Oh my God. I swear. I know it's Friday, but we haven't been drinking yet. Uh, anyway, like, and so as soon as you see him just like, you know, his daughter giving him sass and him being like, don't you do that with me. You do, mm-hmm. you get going. And then he calls out to Greg and his crossbow and all. Like, you just, you feel, yes, the original Jurassic Park has those layers of family relationship. And then there's some magnificence of the dinosaurs. And all of those core elements mm-hmm. are packed into eight minutes. And I think I do agree with you. It's better than Jurassic World. Is it better than Lost World? I don't know. Definitely better than the third one. So I wouldn't go that quite high, but it's definitely top three, top four things Jurassic Park related ever. Okay. <laughs> out of out of six? Out of six. Yeah, for okay. sure. So I, I think that's where it would go. Um, but that's kind of what I would like to see. You know, honestly, I would like to see Andre Holland come back for like, Absolutely. the movie. Like, if this family was, you know, runs into Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and then Chris Pratt gets eaten alive and Bryce Dallas Howard <laughs> gets stomped on by a dinosaur and it's just this family, I'd be okay with it. That'd be so funny. I, I mean, you know, honestly, because I'm I'm tired of Chris Pratt. Um, oh. Like, you know, just like uh, he's he's been everywhere. True. And so I'm ready for a break. Uh-huh. And the stringing them, these characters into the narrative has just gotten a little bit tiring for me. And so you know, let's break it up. Yeah. I mean, no, I would, I would love to see this, this family return because they do all survive, thankfully. Um, but we don't know anything about their lives other than they're on this camping trip for a weekend. Do they live there? We don't know. Um, but like maybe Andre Holland's a scientist. Maybe his wife is, maybe they are former engine employees or something like Mm -hmm. there are so many different ways you could very easily connect this or even maybe like, uh, you know, 
Owen and Claire, I think are Chris Pratt and Bryce. That's how his yes. characters' names. They just like hear about this attack, and maybe that's maybe that's what they're doing in the aftermath of dinosaurs escaping and <laughs> getting loose on the world. They're just like going to these sites and trying to f- like round up, tag, trying to figure out where all these dinosaurs are located. Yeah, and they go there and they stumble across this family. They meet them. They talk about their experience, and then boom, they're whisked into this adventure with the with, mm-hmm. with the two main leads of the franchise. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to see them return. I just feel like I'm really. I, it gave me a lot of hope for Jurassic World three. Where otherwise, I mean, I know we did a big question before. Of like, is there anywhere else for this franchise to go? Mm-hmm. I guess it's to the small short film area because that's where it's it's thriving as of you know it's one for one. Um, right. And but like, hopefully, this is at least showing us that Trevorrow has some idea of where he's going. He's been talking about how Jurassic World three is a movie he's wanted to make all along. So. Hopefully this is like a culmination of like his passion and love for the franchise actually becoming something great. And if he can use what he did here and put it on the big screen for two hours and 15 minutes, then I think there's a real shot that instead of Jurassic World 3 coming and must be like, yeah, you know, it was good. It still wasn't great. It's kind of on par with the last two. Mm -hmm. You could be like, wow, that movie was actually really, really good. And you all should go see it. Yeah. I, I, I really, I kind of, yeah, you know, that's a great point. And like, yeah, man, we'll just, we'll just really see. I think, I think with Carmichael co-writing this movie with Trevorrow, we're going to get a whole lot more. I don't know. Like, I just think it'll be less wildly his vision. That's a good point. And a lot more like, this is still like, a, this still needs to be a story mm-hmm. and not just a volcano explosion. Like, and then all these things like, you know, by Trevorrow. So this is the movie I wanted to make all along. Dude, you had two movies to make here man like i mean okay like i mean i know that um he had to pass off right uh what was it even called fallen kingdom yeah. that's right yeah you know to someone like i still appreciate it but yeah man we'll see but yeah it does give me hope that they're finding the the spirit of the original again do you think it tells us anything else about the story of three? Yeah, like dinosaurs are going to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. And although it was left really vague, where he's like, "Oh, well, they still can't breed," and there he said like some comments to the point of like, "You just can't get that power back in the bottle, the genie's out of the it, bottle." In Fallen Kingdom, yeah, but like one of the interviews he said at the end, and so it's like, okay, so they're jumping around it, mm-hmm. but you know, we'll probably see like, you know a war zone of dinosaurs set up and yeah. people being like, we have to capture them or anti dinosaur smuggling rings, mm. things like that. But I hope we do get more of these shorts because I did appreciate that and they can go all kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I bet, but I mean, this short did a stop. I mean, there was the bait. There was the one baby dinosaur, which again, almost was eaten. And I was terrified that dinosaur was going to die. I was like, I really what it was in the eaten. world? This is like really tearing at my heart. And, um, but like that baby dinosaur, I don't know. I don't know how fast dinosaurs grow in age because obviously never seen one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that thing looked semi new, <laughs> and we don't know when this takes place in conjunction to Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. But if this is like a year or so removed, like there's, I mean, is it possible that 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 male dinosaur that came charging at the very end and that the the mother dinosaur is already there with the baby, like that they breeded and oh. made that baby together so yeah. they, they can breed yeah they can breed like you said you heard in the uh, little audio in the start they're like mm-hmm. oh, baby dinosaurs born in the wild the first one on north american soil yeah. wow this is incredible <gasps> what are we gonna do it's so yeah like california is now a nature dinosaur reserve and then it's gonna be like Jurassic park three or something like that you know i don't know but 
yeah, we'll we'll see what kind of happens there. Yeah, I'm 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 hoping that this short indicates that they are going to actually deal with and like explore like dinosaurs actually being out there in the world and how this is affecting regular people, not just mm-hmm. being like Jurassic World three. Here it is, and it's this big global scale of disaster and uh, business and all this stuff. And it's like, well, but like, what's happening to you know, Andre Holland's character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are they thinking about all this? Those like, are my questions. Like, cause you know, the scale, you know, you know, the scale is not going to be that small. No. And that'll be the unfortunate part. And so we're going to be like, all right, we got to show dinosaur carnage, maximum mm-hmm. capacity. And you know, the movie will do its 700 million, hundred million dollars worldwide or yeah. whatever. And that'll be that. But it'll just be like, these shorts are, I think are like going to be the bright spot in the inevitable March to, you know, falling geo global catastrophe kingdom <laughs> or whatever they decide to go with hopefully not that that'd be a real real pain to uh, to <laughs> type out and stuff but uh but i mean yeah I, I would love to see more shorts from in this vein in the lead up to, to jurassic world 3 i don't know if we're going to get those or not um but hopefully it's because it seems like this has gotten a great response not only from us but from other people as well so maybe universal will be nudged to be like hey colin do you got any other things like this we can pump out you know twice a year until Jurassic World 3 and just give us these 10-minute shorts every or, now and then. Or other directors, yeah. too. Other people who aren't working, Give Emily you know? Carmichael a chance to direct one. Yeah, exactly. She'd be directing the, th- the third one. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that, that'd be cool. Or maybe Jay Bayona should do one. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe got, not. I w- he can get back to some of them horror and well, he'll be he'll be busy yeah. directing uh, the Lord of the Rings series anyway. So oh, is that right? Is he on? He's that? he's doing the first two. Yeah. Nice. Okay, he'd be good. He's that's up that's up his alley. That's definitely yeah. up his alley. Uh, but let's move on to ticket or skip it here. There were four trailers that dropped this week. The first for the rhythm section. The first trailer for Dark Water. The second trailer for Knives Out. And the second trailer for Four V Ferrari. Josh. Which of these four trailers gets your ticket this week? I am giving it right to the rhythm section. Um, I, the movie that I don't quite understand mm-hmm. what's going on. It's a revenge story, um, a plane bombing, uh, lots of things. But all I know is Blake Lively is out for revenge. And I've got these Jason Bourne vibes with the whole thing. And that's kind of what I was feeling. And so I am right there for that. Jude Law looks menacing but friendly. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, that's that's exactly where I am for it. And then, you know, I'm ready for a Reed Murano movie. So bring it all on. Yeah, uh, I was going to get my ticket to that, but I think I'll spread it around a little bit and actually go to a trailer I saw first in theaters when I went to go see at Astro, which you'll hear a review on on Tuesday, uh, which was 4V Ferrari, which it dropped almost a week ago, but then I just didn't get a chance to actually watch it online. And then mm-hmm. it started playing in theaters. I was like, oh, this is different. Oh, yeah, they dropped a new one. And... I mean, everything about this movie just looks so good, so fantastic, so thrilling and expertly done by James Mangold. Um, I really cannot wait to see this movie. It is so high, as you hopefully heard on our most anticipated of the fall preview uh, episode, that this is one of my, my most anticipated movies of the rest of the year. So uh, it, it looks so good, and I'm hoping that it actually turns out that way. Yeah, it highlights Christian Bale mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And some comedy, which I wasn't totally expecting. Yeah, exactly. And I am right there for that. It looks like it's going to be a Christian Bale vehicle mm-hmm. a lot of the way through. Um, but the the racing scenes, again, just look phenomenal. Yeah. And I'm all, it's all about the American muscle power here. So, like, bring it. Yep. Uh, and then we'll end this episode with the episode with the uh, – uh, the section we introduced last week, which I guess I've for the time being named the co-host corner. If you have better suggestions at any point, let us know. I'm not totally um, committed to that so far, but Josh, 
Yes. Instead of the flyby, we're doing each of us gets a chance to pick one news item from the week and talk about it for a little bit. Josh, which one are you choosing this week? I want to talk about the uh, Fox Searchlight casting renouncement for the French Dispatch. Wes Anderson's um, Paris-centered musical that's about journalism, I guess. And it's got like, you know, some great names all the way through. Um, Tilda Swinton classic adrian Brody, of course he's gonna be in there um and then we've got owen wilson staple but also like francis mcdormand mm-hmm. is on this cast list till um owen uh, i said owen wilson of course but timothy chalamet mm-hmm. jeffrey wright benicio del toro um lay Lea Sado, thank you. Um, Stephen Park is on there. Uh, there's a Murray name who I'm assuming is Bill Murray, yeah. of course. You know, and like, uh, we, um, who else am I missing here? Um, Matthew Amalric, who I'm mm-hmm. not exactly familiar with, but sure, bring it on. Um, we don't have the confirmation of Defoe, Winslet, Ro- Shersha Ronan, mm-hmm. or um, Henry Winkler, who I love from Barry. Oh. Uh, but you know, those are out there, and hopefully they'll be locked down soon. Yeah, it's like, are, are they in the movie? Do they get? Are they not, or are they just so small roles that they're not advertising them? Yeah, exactly. I hope it, it's the latter. I think, I think so. That's my because like, there's so many people just pop up, like Owen Wilson in um, Grandpa Budapest Motel. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, I'm Chuck. <laughs> He's like, okay, Chuck, and then you never see him again. So that was the you know, hopefully if we see all that. Um, I'm hyped for this. It's been a while since we've had a Wes Anderson movie. Live action, of course. Isle of Dog was terrific. But this is where I want to be. Bring it on. Yeah, I mean, it continues like another Fox Searchlight movie, or Fox Searchlight picking up another indie drama prestigious thing that they have made a reputation of. Again, Disney's not changing Fox Searchlight no matter what anybody tells you. (laughs) They're going to let them Mm -hmm. keep doing their thing. And so, uh, yeah, it's just just good news on that front. Uh, For me, yeah, it's, it's a new Wes Anderson movie. It's Sounds like it's multiple, uh, like storylines fold into one, and that's why the cast is so large and expansive. But I mean, yeah, great ensemble, great director, and it comes out next year at some point. So can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm going to talk about briefly the uh, Michael B. Jordan movie Without Remorse, which is an adaptation of the Tom Clancy novel uh, with Michael B. Jordan starring as John Clark. It added Jamie Bell and Jodie Turner-Smith this week, according to Variety. Um, And I'm just excited for this movie. Not really about the movie itself which i'm sure is going to be mm-hmm. fun and fine it's got stefano salima directing who directed sicario de la soldado um but i just like that we're continuing on this path of michael b jordan becoming like the new leading man in hollywood and like it's not slowing down it's not stopping you can't stop it he is just going forward this movie is stacking up it's got a 2020 release already and if he can kind of revitalize the, uh, the, the, the Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan uh, genre on the big screen, that's great news. And maybe that'll help kick off his assassin movie he's got in the works in the Creed 3. And we can continue on the line of right. uh, Michael B. Jordan just having awesome projects left and right uh, for the rest of time, hopefully. Yeah, bring bring that all on. Like, you know, like, it's weird because, like, he, like, had a pause or he had, like, these, like, high moments, Black Panther, mm-hmm. Creed 2, and then it's like, Where's Michael B. Jordan? Right. Like we've had, are we? Has this been a Michael B. Jordanless film year to this point? Yeah. Yes, but I mean we're having Just Mercy at the very end, right? So I don't think it'll technically be a MBJ less year. So it's you know it's been it's been noticeably absent, and so getting him back, you know, with this and then whatever else comes through, fantastic. It's a Tom Clancy novel, so I wish it 
the best success mm-hmm. because those things, mm, you know, on the in the box office. So, you know, wishing for the best yeah, with but, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they're not going crazy with the budget. They're keeping it, you know, mid-sized to small. That way they don't have to hope for, well, it's got to make $70 million opening weekend. It can be like, well, it made 35 but that's still a big win. So yeah. uh, that is all we have for that edition of the Co-Host Corner. That's all we have for this episode. We'll be back, as I mentioned, on Tuesday with a review of Ad Astra and on Thursday with a new big question. In the meantime, though, be sure to tell us your thoughts on anything covered by Twitter South for the film. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper. And you get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share, retweet, and more. Plus, head over to iTunes, give us a five-star review with comments. Thanks why you enjoy listening to the show. Thanks again for tuning in to the Fun Zone Podcast. Josh, thank you for stopping in. And be sure to turn next week for our future episodes.